Life Happens with Pinelo Mutine. Pinelo Mutine on SAFM. On SAFM. Six minutes after two o'clock. Thanks very much for staying with us. My name is Pimelo Motine. You're on Life Happens and we're together until three o'clock. This is a conversation that needs all of us to, to engage in. And uh, I want to open the lines from the really from the get-go, 891 What are we discussing today? We are discussing Zimbabwe. It's going to be an hour-long conversation. If you are a Zimbabwean citizen, this is a conversation you want to be a part of. If you are a South African citizen, you want to be a part of this conversation because many of you are very quick to call in to say the Zimbabweans must go home along with other foreign nationals and so on. But it's uh, it's our business to understand what's happening in Zimbabwe so that we understand why there is the kind of number that we see coming through through our borders into South Africa. What is actually happening in Zimbabwe and is Zimbabwe getting any better? Now, last week, Friday, there was an MDC march that was called and it didn't happen. Uh, people were in the streets. They attempted to go out onto the streets, but very quickly um, they were dispersed by riot police and so on. So there was a bit of chaos, but it really was a non-starter. Uh, it was meant to be um, a big strike. It didn't happen. They were not given uh, permission, number one. And number two, the riot police were on hand. And in fact, there were rumors as well about people having been abducted before the actual um, the, before the actual Friday march. So a lot is happening in that space. And I think the big question is, what happened to all all those hopes and dreams and the promises of a new of a new dispensation from President Emerson Namangwagwa when he took over. And I've got two guests here with me and this is your platform. This is a platform where we're going to have to unpack the stories and, and talk really about what is happening. Martha Shumba is a Zimbabwean social activist based in South Africa and an executive member of the Coalition Against Sanctions Imposed in Zimbabwe. And uh, we also have somebody else who's going to be joining us on the line. He's not with us right now, but he will be joining us a little bit later on. Dimisani Muleya, who's the editor of Zimbabwean Independent Newspaper. Uh, we are obviously trying to get hold of him from inside Zimbabwe. And if that doesn't happen, well, you know, it obviously means it didn't happen. But we are trying him and he has agreed to this interview. More than anything else, though, what's important is that you become part of this conversation. If you are from Zimbabwe, this is a conversation that I think you need to be a part of. If you're a South African, you need to be a part of this conversation too. 891 You're listening to Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. Martha Shumba joins me in studio. She's a, a Zimbabwean social activist based in South Africa, an executive member of the Coalition Against Sanctions Imposed in Zimbabwe. Thank you very much for joining us, Martha, and uh, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me here. You reside in South Africa? Yes, I'm based here in South Africa. How long have you been here for? Oh, 10 years. 10, ten years. good years. Yeah, I'm a legend. So when uh, we were watching on our screens the, the scenes where uh, President Zimbabwe, former President Zimbabwe, um, had stepped down, forced to step down, and uh, the new president, uh, President Emerson Mnangwagwa, was declared the incoming president, what were you thinking? Oh, there was a lot of hope. For, for, for Zimbabwe. Everybody was excited because it was just long overdue. Mugabe had to go. And we, we as the citizens of Zimbabwe uh, all agreed that, that he has to go. That's why everybody, uh, no matter what uh, political um, party you are coming from, we all came together to say, okay, the old man must rest. Now we need new blood. We need somebody new. We need to involve the youth. So there was a lot of anticipation. Yes, President Mugabe, as you're saying, according to you, had to go. Yes. How much thought went into who would replace President uh, President Mugabe? Uh, I believe uh, uh, we cannot we cannot really say it was um, um, it was an agreement from all political parties, but it was ED was voted into power, mm. which means if he won the pres the presidential elections. It simply means everybody else agreed that he should take over as the president of Zimbabwe. Okay. So many then ask, with all that optimism, why is it that people didn't go home and rebuild their country? 
it's only one year since ED was sworn into. I mean, at the time. Okay, okay at the time. Yes. Uh, you know, you cannot jump in to say, uh, um, let's just go home and rebuild Zimbabwe. It takes a lot of time, more than that. Remember, Zimbabwe's country has been destroyed over 37 years. So there was a lot of fear. Remember the Mugabe regime didn't allow anybody to speak publicly of how they feel. Even political uh, uh, opposition, political parties were very, very scared. And most of um, diaspora, people who are based in the diaspora are in exile. And ED coming from the Mugabe regime, uh, we, all, we all said it's still old wine in some sort of a new wine skin. Mm -hmm. So people wanted to really look at him and say, what is he going to do? Or is he still the same guy who was associated with Mugabe? So are you saying that in as much as people were optimistic, there was a bit of caution yes. because obviously of his history in Mugabe's regime? Yes, there was, there was no confidence from the public, from investors, from a whole lot of people. There was not much confidence. I mean, he's done, he's done quite a big PR exercise, right? Yes. He's gone out to say he's open for business. He's been having conversations around bringing back the, the farmers that were, were moved out of their farms, white, specifically white farmers, bringing some incentives back to entice them to come back and farm and so on. So from a PR point of view, from the international uh, community point of view, this is the guy that they believed is going to be uh, the new person. So you don't yes. believe that he's the right person? Uh, what I can say right now um, is that, what I can say right now is that um, we should give the guy time. Mm. It's only one year, like I said before. So we should give him time to say, okay, he said he's open for business. He said they shall be reformed. Mm -hmm. uh, they shall be reforms. So what have he done? What is he doing? And what is he, what is he planning to do next? And we still have to 2023 where we're going to vote him out if he's not performing. But in the meantime, it's his time and the government to see if there's going to be any changes at all. You sound optimistic. I am where, very optimistic. I'm sitting. Yes, I am. People on the ground, if you are as optimistic as you are, lots of reports coming through uh, IMF saying, you know, if, 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 if Zimbabwe came asking for money now, it's a bad, bad idea. There have been strikes upon strikes, people asking for, for better wages, but there is no money. Zimbabwe yeah, yeah. has no money. There are power issues in Zimbabwe as we speak. Um, as we said, you know, on Friday, there was an attempt to go into the streets that was not happening. So what makes you this optimistic? I believe that um, there's a lot of uh, things that are happening on the ground. Mm -hmm. uh, recently, they've launched the Zimbabwe Anti-Corruption Commission uh, that have already arrested Pr Priscilla Fumira. She was a one of the corrupt ministers. Uh, so uh, there is a lot of stuff that they are doing that they've launched certain pro projects right now uh we, we 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 talk about the agricultural project so that people can be self-sufficient so there is a lot of room for improvement from that if people of zimbabwe can work together the unease is were you hearing people being abducted that that kind yes, of modus operandi was something that was prevalent in mugabe's era mm. does that not make you unsettled yeah, on, on, on that part, I should agree that uh, the government has to do something. That's why we as the civil so society come and say we'll push for reforms if the government doesn't want to reform because we have put so much uh, um, uh, confidence in them. So if there is nothing happening, we are pushing. As the coalition against the sanctions imposed on Zimbabwe, we've already pushed for something, for a whole lot more. And in terms of the protest that... Um, that was banned. Um, I have the report here from Dr. S.B. Moyo, who is the Minister of Foreign Affairs, and I will read what he said so that it won't be my words. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, he said, um, while the Constitution of Zimbabwe provides for the right of citizens to partake in political actions such as demonstrations, mm. this right is not absolute in nature. It must be exercised legally and in full acknowledgement of the rights of others. So, According to to him, it it feels like uh, um, these protests were going to turn violent, like the one in January and in August. So they wanted to protect the citizens. They wanted to protect 
uh, property because people were going to burn property, more people were going to die and, and stuff like that. So they are saying uh, we did not uh, approve of this uh, approve of this much simply because we have um, evidence that it was going to turn violent. They say they confiscated some weapons that's going to be used. Yes, we didn't see any of those weapons. So it's some sort of a two-way street. They could just be saying that for the sake of saying. But if, just a big if, there was any threat to national peace, probably it was necessary. I know that protesting is the right of each citizen, especially with the current situation in Zimbabwe. But it should be uh, exercised legally. Even here in South Africa, I remember last year with the march against killing of albinism, which is a good thing, but we still had to get authorization from the police. And without that authorization, you cannot just march in the street. Absolutely. But I mean, obviously, authorization was not given. Yeah, it was not given. And the leaders of the MDC knew about it. That's why they were not in the street. So it was just noble for it was going to be noble for them to just tell the, their followers to say, guys, can we go back home or let's keep on trying until we get the authorization. Let's push to get the authorization together first rather than to have innocent people injured. Some of them were, are not on social media. They're not even aware that what we are doing was not approved. Mm. Are you optimistic about how the economy is going in Zimbabwe? It's, it's not looking good. It's not looking good. Mm -hmm. um, the situation in Zimbabwe is, is, is terrible. Uh, you know, the price of basic basic goods is just something else, fuel, queues, and all of that. Uh, but uh, um, I believe that things will change. One way or another, things has to change. Right now, they've, they've introduced the one currency system, which we believe will cut off the, you know, people used to determine the exchange rate or what price they're going to put on any basic good. Uh, for example, if something is being sold for 50 rand mm -hmm. and you say, I'm going to do a, an electronic transfer, mm -hmm. they're going to charge you 250. So it was like you determine how you want, what currency you want and what price you're going to charge. Hmm. Let's take those calls. Uh, as I asked, I will be taking those calls. It's an important conversation and I want you to be a part of it. 891 You may completely disagree with what Martha is saying. Martha Shumba is a Zimbabwean social activist based in South Africa, an executive member of the Coalition Against Sanctions Imposed in Zimbabwe. I'll go straight to Jonathan, who's calling us from the road. Hello, Jonathan. Hi, Jonathan. Yes, yes. Welcome to the show, Jonathan. Go ahead. Hello, how are you? I'm, I'm well. Thanks very much for calling, Jonathan. Um, I just wanted to ask that sister that if MTF win the election, why are they afraid that people can go to the street? So Jonathan is asking if why why is there fear for people why are they denying people to go and protest like i've just read from this report they are simply saying uh we felt they're gonna be violence uh things gonna turn like how they turned in january where innocent people died or in august last year so I don't know, I cannot answer for some PF, but I can be as neutral as I can based on what SB Moyo said. All right. I want to introduce now to the show Dumisani Muleya, uh, who, is, uh, who is an editor of Zimbabwean Independent Newspaper. He joins us now on the line from Zimbabwe. Very good afternoon to Dumisani. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, thanks so much for the invitation. Good afternoon to your listeners. Good afternoon. You, you're an editor of the Zimbabwean Independent Newspaper. We know that on Friday there was uh, a request to, to for people to go in the streets by MDC. That was denied. And then there was a bit of tension between those people who went out on the streets and the right police. Can you tell us what the mood is like today, Dumisani? Well, basically in the capital Harare today, uh, the situation is just basically normal. People are back to work, and uh, there's a normal flow of uh, traffic, normal flow of business. Uh, so there is that normalcy, but uh, underlying that normalcy uh, is the tensions that uh, had gathered last week uh, prior to the uh, protest and. Uh, 
The explosion that basically happened when the police clashed with a few demonstrators who had managed to find their way into town despite the police uh, prohibition of that. But the, it's a different story now because police, uh, they are all over town, there are helicopters flying there because a demonstration was supposed to take place in Bulawayo, but the police went ahead with the prohibition order. So a similar situation that happened in Harare on Friday is uh, obtaining Bulawayo minus the clashes between police and the protesters. Tumisani, is there fear on the ground? Fear? Yeah. Are people afraid? Uh, you know, we're hearing of abductions that happened before Friday. And that's something that we had heard uh, happen while uh, President, former President uh, Mugabe was, was the president then, where there would be these random abductions of people who were suspected to be part of a movement and so on. Are people afraid um, in Zimbabwe either to speak up or to, to do, you know, to be part of things like protests like this? Uh, they are not afraid to speak up, mm-hmm. but they are afraid of uh, violent confrontation with the security forces. Mm-hmm. Speaking up, people are speaking up. They are very fed up with this regime. They are clear about it, that it has failed dismally. Mm-hmm. Uh, the results are there for all to see. Uh, the economy is in a tailspin. Nothing really is working here mm-hmm. uh, in terms of uh, social service delivery, in terms of economic performance. It's, a, it's really a disaster unfolding. And then when you look at how people are reacting, people are speaking out about this loud and clear, mm. but people are not really ready uh, to confront the security forces. Because remember, uh, you are dealing with a, a regime which has a long history of violent crackdowns on people, uh, violent pushbacks against any attempts at demonstrations, and indeed a long history of killings of uh, civilians. And uh, this government, we must not... Uh, distinguish between it and the government of Mugabe. And uh, I need to put this into context. When Mugabe was removed mm. uh, in 2017, some of us were very clear about what was happening, that there was no new dawn that was coming. It was just removal of a captain of the ship, a ramshackle ship, which was sailing to Norway. They just removed the captain in the ice, threw him in the waters, and then put a new captain. He's continuing to sail to no direction. And uh, the results are very clear. So this regime is just as bad as the Mugabe regime, if not worse. And that is why people are, are, are now saying it needs to be confronted in the streets in order to stop this uh, uh, rot. Tomisani, un- unpack the worst bit. You're saying it's, it's the same, if not worse. What is worse now? Uh, what is worse is that in a short 20 months, uh, the regime has uh, destroyed whatever remained of uh, the economy that Mugabe had left. Mm. Mugabe had been a, a disaster by itself. But uh, I think this one, this new regime is a calamity, really. Uh, if you look at the economy, uh, basically there is a shortage. Now we are back to the uh, old era, the Mugabe era of shortages of bread, shortages of fuel, shortages of cash. Of just about the things that the electricity, water, you know, the basics. It's a government that is dysfunctional. If a government cannot deliver basic social services, it means it has failed because the function of any government in the world, first and foremost, is to deliver those basic social services, is to ensure the security of the citizens. This government, by all those measures, it is failing, it has failed. So in a short 20 months, they've done far worse than uh, Mugabe had done by the time he left. Mm. Of course, uh, uh, we must also remember that Mugabe had sunk to his own law before bottoming out. And then these guys, they take over and they make it worse. And then on the human rights front, this regime has committed atrocities on three defining moments. Last year in August 1, just after the election, they shot people in the streets, in a barbaric way. I mean, it's really a, a primitive regime by uh, democratic uh, standards. <laughs> it's a, a very backward regime, a regime that chases and shoots down people in the streets, knowing fully well that it, in this day and age, uh, it's just as good as shooting people on TV because social media is there. It connects us uh, locally, it connects us internationally and regionally. So it, it, it tells you about the nature of the regime that uh, we are talking about. And then in January this year, people attempt to 
demonstrate. Uh, again, it responds the way it knows best, that is violently and barbarically. And then again, the same thing last week on Friday. It was worse last week on Friday from the perspective that people were not violent. Uh, in uh, the previous occasions, there were occasions of violence, not that just, uh, not that we justified the killing though. But last week, people were peaceful. They were uh, just uh, um, trying to show their displeasure with the fail of the government, mm-hmm. and uh, it responded uh, violently and uh, brutally. Uh, is there any truth to the abductions that we were hearing people say that happened before the the the, the, well, the proposed uh, protest on Friday? Yes, you see, the thing is, uh, before the protest on Friday, uh, this government, uh, remember, is uh, dead scared of the people. It's dead scared of demonstration. It thinks that if people are allowed to go to the streets, you may end up with a Sudan-like situation where people camp on the streets until the government resigns or the leader resigns. Uh, so they don't want to take a chance. In other words, they don't want to allow people to express themselves even though the constitution of the country is very clear that these are fundamental rights. You can't deny people uh, the right to demonstrate. That's one of the basic fundamental rights that are there in the constitution, but they are being denied. <laughs> that on its own tells you how bad the government is here. That is before you go on to the abductions that you are talking about. <laughs> in an attempt to preempt the protests or demonstrations, they do as they usually do, which is hand down the political activists, particularly the opposition ones, civil society people, uh, abduct them up, intimidate them. It's really barbaric. You know, you can't imagine that uh, in such a, a, a day and age, you still have a government like this. It's a, one of those governments that doesn't deserve to be called a government. It's a, it's a terror regime, really. The Sadiq leader is a disgrace, complete disgrace. They gather in Tanzania in relation to Zimbabwe on the very day when people were being beaten up. And I'm talking about not fit people or uh, young men who are still strong. All the women who are just unable to defend themselves, Mm. uh, they are being beaten up. all right. We, we have lost Umsani. I don't know what's happened to that line. And we're going to try and see if we can't get it back. But you, you've you heard. I really wanted to give him all the time in the world because I know that this line was unreliable uh, in case we didn't get him back on the line. But I see all your calls. Chumba, I see you. I see you, George. We will be picking up on this conversation. It continues all the way until 3 o'clock. But uh, do call in. If you haven't done that, do call in. I've also got Martha still here in studio with me on 0891-104-207 to take this conversation further. We're looking at Zimbabwe post-former uh, pr- President Robert Mugabe. It's 2.30. Let's get the very latest in headlines with Uzile Saku. Life happens with Pimelo Motine. We're looking at Zimbabwe. It's a, it's a full conversation all the way until 3 o'clock. And uh, what has happened since uh, the departure of former President Robert Mugabe? Uh, it's not looking good. We were uh, listening in to what Dimsani Mwileya, editor of Zimbabwean Independent Newspaper, was saying, who's on the ground, who is in Zimbabwe, saying this is, is a failed state. He's, he's obviously come out say, scathing about what kind of failures have happened. In fact, he's saying this is worse than when we had former President Robert Mugabe. But I'm also joined in studio by Martha Shumba, a Zimbabwean social activist based in South Africa and executive member of the Coalition Against Sanctions Imposed in Zimbabwe. Let me quickly take your calls before I go to Martha. Uh, George, you've been very patient with us. You're calling us. You're on the road. Hi. Hello, Hello George. Welcome to the show and go ahead. How are you, ma'am? We well. Thank you very much, George. Yeah, I- you know, ma'am, what is happening in Zimbabwe? Mm-hmm. People cannot speak. You can. There is not even a background to say anything mm. about the government. These people, they are so scared. I don't know if, if, if the political ground is so leveled. Why are they so scared of people just trying to to to, to say what they need to say to the government? Mm. These people, they are so scared. I don't know. What are we going going to to really do about this situation? We cannot even expect, we cannot even say anything. Mm-hmm. The abductions are true; it's happening everywhere. People cannot say anything. Mm-hmm. Even on social media, these people they are they 
knocking at that door is midnight. It happened in Zimbabwe. There is no freedom. All this is this Easter week. I think in South Africa and they saying everything is going to be good. And it's speaking of 2023, 20, 20, this is a joke, which is not a Zimbabwe. This one, I don't know what it's coming for. Thanks very much for that, George, on the road. I'll, I'll take Ashley, who's calling us from Santa, and I'll give you a chance to respond, Martha. Uh, jo- uh, Ashley, hi. Hello, how are you? Good, and thank you very much for calling, Ashley. Please switch your radio off. Okay, thank you. Yes, I just want to interrupt with uh, the sister there. Mm. When she say we must give uh, Emerson Nangagwa one year, yet he, say, he told us before election that judge me after six months. Mm. Now it's over one over one year, seven months he took over from Gabi. Mm. I think uh, we need to be honest with the people of Zimbabwe when we address in the media because people are suffering. Mm. Yet there are some people who come to the radio and spread lies. Thanks very much, Ashley. Martha, I mean, that criticism is a third person now saying that you, you are sugarcoating the situation. It's not looking good. Dumsani himself is saying it's it's quite dire. He's on the ground. Uh, what do you have to say about that? Um, I, I cannot be, you know, I cannot. Um, what I can say right now is that uh, people can say whatever they want. I have the right as a citizen of Zimbabwe to be optimistic and to say things will work out. I am not here for Emerson Munangagwa, for starters. I'm here as a citizen of Zimbabwe who believe the situation can change. Yes, you said there will be changes in the next six months, right? Mm. And maybe we haven't seen or felt those changes. Remember, he's taking over from a regime that's been there for like 37, 37 years, to be exact. And how is he going to change the situation in that, in that period? And with a lot of people who are negative... Mm. Who can say whatever? Yes, there are abductions in Zimbabwe, yes. which should be re- uh, reported. If it's not to the police, we know that the police maybe they are biased. Okay, ninety percent, most of the time they are biased. They we have to support the government, but there are a lot of human rights, uh, human rights activists and lawyers and all of that. And regarding the matches that are happening, especially today in Blawayo, we know it's about a chief who was arrested, Chief Ndweni. Mm. And he was arrested. And I know I, I can also say that um, the sentence was way too much for for something that he did. Uh, he ordered one of his subjects who had um, taken somebody else's wife and ordered the community to bend down the, the person's place. Mm. So what I can say is that is that politics or it is something that he did. Of course, he can he can actually appeal the decision. But can we go in the street and say he has to be released? Can we blame the police for, 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 for arresting him? If he was a ZANPF sympathizer, are we, were we going to still be in the street? That's a, a, a question that I'm asking, especially the, uh, the, the matches that are happening today that were, that were banned today in Blawayo, especially in Blawayo. He can appeal the decision, but my question is, if he was a ZANPF sympathizer, were we going to be in the street standing up for him? All right, we will take your calls. Uh, it is interesting. This uh, conversation is interesting at 891 You know, Dumsani was saying he, he feels that the things are, in fact, much worse. What do you okay. respond to that? In response to that, like I've said before, they've launched the Zimbabwe Anti-Corruption Commission, which have started uh, uh, by um, arresting all corrupt uh, ministers. Is it happening? Yeah, it is. Already they've arrested Ms. Priscilla Mfumira, who was the Minister of Labor. So she abused her office. So it's bit by bit. We, as the coalition, we named some of the people, uh, the ministers, that has to be arrested. Yes, no, nothing much has been happening. We, have, we, we gave them time to say, okay, as the government... What are you doing? If they don't do it, we also are planning on going again to the government and say, we gave you the names of the corrupt officials. What are you doing about this? All right. Let's take Chumba, who's calling us from Mpumalanga. Chumba, thanks very much for calling. Hi. Hi, how are you? Good. Thanks for calling, Chumba. I'm well, thank you. Okay, thank you. Uh, Let me just be quick there. Mm. I just want to comment... Firstly, on my sister, mm. I don't agree with you, but I want to tell you one thing. You must take your numbers. In December, 
get a bag, then you ask you the same question, is, is, is there anything changed in Zimbabwe? There's no water coming out from the tapes. There's no electricity in Zimbabwe. Now, on this protest when they, she was reading the SB Moyo's letter and everything, mm. uh, they got a notice for the match mm. uh, a week before. Yeah. Then they give back the reply on the 15th, midnight. Yeah. When were they going to communicate with their supporters that the match is not going, uh, we are not going to have the match. You understand? Mm-hmm. If they were doing the right thing, they were supposed to give them reply maybe three days before, so that if they can challenge, they could challenge that order. Mm. You understand? I fully hear you, Chumba. That's that's a fair question. That's yeah, a fair it question. Is. Yeah, it is. I, I I agree to what you're saying that um, they were not given enough time to say all of that. But most I follow most of them on social media. They are who's most? Who are the who most are you of? About? When I'm saying most of them, I'm I'm talking about MDC supporters. Okay. Yeah, most of them were very much aware that they were not supposed to be. No, no, no. That's that's not what he's saying. He's okay. saying granting. The mm. permission itself. Yeah. That that denial came in late. So it's not to say that they didn't know. He's saying why was it not granted in the first place? Why is it we he's saying he hears what you are seeing and what you're reading, but he's saying the denial of granting the rights was very late. Okay. The the ban was they already knew that it was banned, right? So they appealed. So the 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 appeal that's what came late. The mm-hmm. appeal results is what came late, but they already knew that the protest was banned. All right, Alex in uh, KZN. Hello, Alex. Alex in uh, KZN. Hello. Alex. Hi, Alex. Welcome to the show. Uh, thank you very much. Good afternoon to your guest in the house. Yeah. Good, Good afternoon. afternoon. How are you? Okay. Uh, my sister, I just want to say something. I'm a, I'm a, I was born in Zimbabwe. I grew up in Zimbabwe. I went to school in Zimbabwe. Mm-hmm. I have seen a lot of things happening there. Yes. But to be honest with you, for the past years, which I have been beginning to understand the life of politics in Zimbabwe, it doesn't look good. President Mugabe, he was doing his own things with the people who are presently ruling us. And the people who are ruling us presently, they are doing even worse than President Mugabe. So I don't want to, I don't support either of the two uh, parties in Zimbabwe, either NDC, Alliance, or PF. But I just want to say it clear as it is. People on the ground, they are hungry. They are very sad. They are angry at the same time. And they are even shy. You know, sometimes it's not even, you seem shy to say I'm coming from Zimbabwe, but it's your country. You love it so much with all your heart. Because what is happening there, our leaders, they are letting us down. Mm-hmm. You know, just imagine people all over the world, they protest. At any given time, to protest doesn't mean you have to apply to protest. It's because of something pushing you to protest. But they have to apply for a reason or to apply for a, a, a permission to protest in Zimbabwe. That's only in Zimbabwe. Mm-hmm. Other countries, people, they protest. They do anything they want to do. They can even bend tires. If you do that in Zimbabwe, that's your death warranty. I don't know. I don't know if the international community or I don't know who are watching this happen as it is now. I don't know what do they say with these uh, abuses happening right in front of everyone, right in front of our world leaders, right in front of our neighbors, right in front of everyone, even you, my sister, in, in there. Mm-hmm. I see another uh, old uh, gogo was being beaten by the police. Not something which is like a, a Photoshop or something. Something happening live. What do you think about that? And you, you come to the national, the national media and say uh, 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 people they are not granted the permission and stuff. People they are hungry. People they are angry. They are not seeing any change. But what they are seeing is deterioration every day. When I left school during those years in the late nineties, things were. I don't know. I don't know what to say. How many times did we change our currents? How many times did things go up? What is the rate of inflation in Zimbabwe? What is the rate of unemployment in Zimbabwe? And you tell me that this man who is our president, the so-called president Nangagwa, is going to change things. He needs another year. Are you really, really saying you need to give him another time to do this? I'm really, for sure, with what is happening there in Zimbabwe. There's no more roads in Zimbabwe. There's no health infrastructure in Zimbabwe. There's not even education. The education which we used to call number one, but is nothing. And we continue to say, let's give them a chance. They can change. What are they going to change?
I'm very sorry, I'm very angry, and I'm very touched with this. We are always treated like stupid, and yet we have our own homes. I used to have a medical aid, a private hospital. I used to have a funeral police. I used to have a good life with my family, but everything to be drained. And we continue to say, let's give them a chance. Until when? I was born when they say we had independence, but I never enjoyed independence until today. I feel much better when I'm in South Africa than when I'm at my own home. When I go home, I have to, I don't know what you want me to say, and you tell us. I'm very sorry. Thank you very much. Alex, I hear you. I, we, you know, you, you can't ignore mm-hmm. um, Alex's emotions and, and how he's feeling because my suspicion is that the people on the ground, um, as Dumisani was saying, Dumisani, who joined us a little bit earlier on, editor of Zimbabwean Independent Newspaper, Dumisani Muleya, was saying, on the ground, people are starving. Yes, people, there is people no electricity. Uh, there is instability economically and so on. So, so people are taking offense to your optimism because their lived experience is, as, 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 as our previous caller was saying, is a very difficult one. Yeah, the situation is very difficult, but we cannot pay a blind eye to, to the fact that the government is indeed trying. What I'm saying, if, if MDC was going to be in power, they were still going to say we also need time to put everything together. We cannot rebuild Zimbabwe uh, like just like that, to wake up one morning and say, since we are the new government, this is what's going to happen, this is what's going to change. Things take time. What I'm saying, people are very impatient. Given the situation, rightfully so, they can be as impatient as they can. But right now, personally, what I'm saying is, it takes all of Zimbabwe to rebuild Zimbabwe. It takes every individual, wherever you are, getting angry and emotional without taking any action. And by action, personally, I wouldn't support any violent protests. By taking action as the coalition, we have introduced the, 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 consum- the consumer power, which is monitoring prices. We target shops and business that is charging very high prices, and we give them the price that should be charged in the country. That is some of the things that we are doing. And I know that it's not enough, but if we are a small group, as we are doing something, another group can do something else. Another can do something else. Let's not put our lives and our future and everything to depend on the government, on on uh, political leaders. And also responding to people who are saying, okay, uh, the MDC are being, uh, you know, unfairly treated. We have the case of George Job Wiwaskala. He said, we are going to overthrow ED. That's a very strong statement. You say that at a rally of which they, they, they took him in to question him. So it's something like they are the leaders also, they have to watch what they say or what they say to, 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 to their people. So, All right, let me quickly go okay. to Wellington in Joburg. You're calling us from Joburg. Wellington, hello. Hi, Wellington. Yes, good afternoon now you and good afternoon to your guests. Good afternoon, Wellington. Afternoon, Wellington. Okay. Now, I've got some few things that I need to weigh in, mm. you know, um, a bit. Mm. I will mm-hmm. be fair, okay? Yes, yes. There is this issue that really affected Zimbabwe, letting our businesses to be private. Privatization has destroyed Zimbabwe. What am I saying now? If, if somebody is doing his own... Um, stocking of goods from our neighboring countries and bring it to Zimbabwe. They will determine their own price. Of which now, the government that is there, whatever they will be trying to do, they will not have power over my goods that I'm selling to my people. So, blaming the government at that moment in hour, it's, it's, it's not clear. Let me go to the issue of bread in Zimbabwe. Someone will go to a manufacturing of bread, shop, bakery, they will buy bread from there at 90 cents, you take that bread to the lockshin and sell it at $5. What does the president have to do in a situation like that? So what happens now with the situation that is sitting right now in Zimbabwe? I can concur with the sister that we need to give time. When people unseat President Mugabe, they expected that the ZANPF is no longer going to be in power. So ZANPF coming back into power has shattered the hopes of everybody. Now, what is happening in Zimbabwe right now? It's civilian sabotage. People, they are just doing whatever they want to make sure that the ruling party that is there right now, it's not going to make it. I'm not a ZANPF. I'm not an MDC. But I'm a contained citizen. If, if, if we want change, are we willing to change? 
which is my feeling. Because if I'm expecting the president to change, and I don't want to change the way I am being corrupt, me as an individual Wellington, then the, the country's not going anywhere. And the issue of asking permission to, to demonstrate, a, a country needs to protect the rule of law. There is no way that an individual, even if I'm frustrated to what, uh, to, to, to what extent, I, I'm not allowed to go to the streets and start to do whatever I want in a country where there's law. If you are granted permission to strike or to say whatever you want to say, then you can do it possibly. So that appeal that came led to them. They know very well. That's why even the leaders of MDC were not, were not, were not there where people were going. So the problem of politics, my sister, is that people who are suffering, we are the ones who are on the ground. Then they're on top, they talk behind doors and do whatever they do, which we are going to be affected by those things. We all need to go back home. All right. The crisis that we are facing here in South Africa, that we are putting pressure on the South African government. So the support that that sister she's saying about the hashtag removal of sanctions, sanctions needs to be removed from Zimbabwe. We need to buy and sell. We need to trade. We need to be given money like what other countries are being. If they've got a problem with the ruling part, they must take individuals, the ones that they want to put sanctions on. And then the rest of the people needs to enjoy it. Because if they put sanctions on the ruling people, on the ruling party and whoever, those guys, they've got money already. People that they are making suffer, it's me uh, who is on the ground. <laughs> so the sanctions needs to be removed. And this government, that is, the, if we all change towards an issue of giving them time to do whatever they have to, say like whatever, they, there's no way that my sister, if you are my wife right now, and then I caught you doing something wrong, and then you say you want to change, and I said you can change on your own, I'll be standing at the door waiting for you to change. You can't change, but I need to support you emotionally, physically, it's fine. Wellington, let me, Wellington I'm going to have to move on, but you are saying people must go back home and all of that. Okay, we've lost Wellington. Romeo, I'll quickly come to you before I get Martha a chance. Romeo, you're calling us from KZN. Hello, Romeo. Yeah. Welcome to the show, Romeo. Go ahead. Thank you. Alata. Good afternoon to you and to your guest. How are you? We well. Thank we you, Romeo. Well. Thank you. Okay, let me quickly, uh, without taking time for others, I left Zimbabwe way back in the early 2000s, which I'm now here in Zimbabwe, South Africa. <laughs> uh, my point in terms of experience of political in Zimbabwe, where I grew up, I'm almost over 50-something years. Yes. The conspiracy in Zimbabwe will never make the ruling party uh, succeed until the day MDC take a shape of a new approach than the approach which they are using now. The approach that MDC is applying, it's about going to the table, discussing the genuine talk, the talk which they are saying. ZANU-PF should first admit that they have stolen the election, which I know that it will never happen come rain, come sunshine. Mm. Now, MDC should have learned just recently this meeting of SADAC. The leaders have already agreed that we need to call these sanctions to be taken off from Zimbabwe. That is the gear which they are, are using now. Mm-hmm. And the leader of uh, MDC, he asked the president of Namibia and the former president of Botswana to come and intervene in Zimbabwe. Something that he cannot have that kind of a choice. Let me give him a tip for him if the country have to move on. He need to go and see the chairman of the SADC. Mr. Chairman, in the country we have got a problem. Can't you assist us so that we can come to the table than to take their own way and their own decision? The conspiracy that is happening in the Zimbabwe, no matter, I'm just congruent with that guy or Wellington um, who was just talking that uh, people are doing whatever they want. Soon after Mnangagwa took over, what really transpired, the doctors went to the trike, teachers went to the mm. everybody, everybody is every day and that gives the international the weakness weapon that they cannot come into the country with a lot of that kind of disturbance. The mm. earlier the better for the leadership of Zimbabwe, for the leaders of Zimbabwe and to realize that we are damaging the country because we are in the comfort zone. We are whining and dining with the people who are having a lot of money than instead for them to come up together and say, hey guys, there is no way we can win this issue. Rather, rather go to the table. Let's talk ABCD. Let's come up with a solution. Let's share the power. And then people move on with the mandate of making Zimbabwe a successful country. That's the only way.
Romeo, thanks very much for that. Martha, I mean, he's saying, Romeo is saying it's time for political parties to come to the table and manage the problem together. Somebody Mm -hmm. else earlier said, let's go back home and sort things out. Um, You also calling for for people to go back home? Um, What I'm saying is what I think is that uh, we can assist the Zimbabwe wherever we are. And um, referring. How, how, How are you going to do that wherever you are? Wherever we are here, as as the as the Zimbabweans who are in the diaspora, we are assisting. Yes, in but fact, I'm saying how? How are you assisting? The civil society can actually come together. There are certain things that we cannot leave to the government. For example, we have issues of of uh, medicine, we have issues of schools and stuff. We've been collecting textbooks. We have a group of people right now who are paying school fees for those who are suffering back home in Zimbabwe. So every little bit can actually help change the situation because while the government want to deal with a certain situation, something comes up. Early this year, we're hit by Cyclone Idai. So imagine how much money was put in to rebuild the homes of those people, money that could have been used for medical care or something else. And with regards to what uh, Romeo Romeo, was Romeo saying just saying in terms of um, leaders coming together mm-hmm. they called a national dialogue yes. and the people from the MDC refused to come yes. they say we're not going to be part of it but other political parties and civil organizations including the, the, the EU they actually came in so how are we going to solve this situation if there are certain people who say as long as we say it's not going to be slaughtered it's not going to be slaughtered Secondly, we have, uh, he mentioned the Africa Union. So so how are we going to bring the MDC back onto the table? The MDC, what I've heard from most of the MDC supporters and other people on social media and wherever they are given a chance to speak, they just want ZANU-PF to go. They just want the government to go. There is no other way. As long as the, the government is not gone, there is nothing they want to talk about. All right, let me co- quickly get as well in Cape Town. As well, you calling us from Cape Town. Hi. Hi, how are you, my sister? Thanks for calling as well. I'm well, thank you. Uh, I'm good. Uh, Go ahead okay. as well. Go ahead. Please switch okay. off your radio. Okay. okay. Uh, the first thing I think is uh, my sister, the, my sister Martha is a Zanopi of mouthpiece. Although she denied it, but she's a Zanopi of uh, multi-piece. Uh, the thing in Zimbabwe, my sister, there's no freedom in Zim. You get it? We are living here in South Africa. We are living with fear. Myself, I'm an Uber driver. Mm. You know, we meet different things every day. My life is on, 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 on a rope every day. Yeah. But we are here because the situation on the ground back home uh, is not good at all, to be honest with you. So my sister, Martha, whatever she's trying to say, she's trying to cover up for E.D. and his team. E.D. was in, 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 in the government since 1980. So what, what change do we expect from E.D.? E.D. was the mastermind of Bukura Wundi. E.D. was the mastermind of 2008 uh, brutality. E.D. was behind Mugabe. When Mugabe lost the election to Morgan Changrai, E.D. is the one who said, no, Mr. President, you are going back to rule. But now we, we expect that person to, to change the, our country. No, he is he, the same. He, in fact, it is more than Mugabe. That's what I can say. <laughs> Zim people, they are suffering because of ZANU-PF. Those people, they are power hungry. They don't want to leave power. Even that sister yeah, in today, she might be a CIO. Get it? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm 100% right. She's a ZANU-PF mouthpiece. She tried to cover up, but from how she's saying she's a ZANP of uh, uh, mouthpiece. I, I'm sad to say, say this, my sister, but that's what I, I, I believe in. That's what you are sounding to be. And, and that's just thanks, the... Thanks, uh, as well. Martha, you want to respond to that? Yes, I wanted to say that's the problem that we actually have in Zimbabwe. You cannot stand up for the development of the country without people saying you as an PF. It's like uh, the, the feel right now in Zimbabwe, you just have to be MDC Otherwise, you are nothing else. And being a, 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 a CIO, I wish I've been standing out uh, up for xenophobic attacks in South Africa. Was I paid by diasporans in South Africa? Was I a mouthpiece for diasporans? But if you want to stand up for something and being positive, everybody have the right to do that. And right now, as it is, especially on social media, 
you speak anything positive about Zimbabwe, you'll be bullied. So this violent insults and assaults is from both the sides, from the ZANU-PF and the, the MDC. We can play all victims we all the way we want, but what I know and believe is that as Zimbabweans, until we have changed our mindset to say the country Zimbabwe belongs to all of us and we can rebuild it without being affiliated to any political party, we can speak positively and negatively without suffering the consequences, then we'll be going somewhere. As long as we, we want to silence in any way, we want to silence somebody because you strongly feel that they should be changed. I advocate for the removal of sanctions because I believe sanctions are illegal and they've caused a lot of suffering to the people of Zimbabwe. They've actually contributed a lot of poverty and suffering in that country. So whenever I stand for that, there are certain people in Zimbabwe who are benefiting from Zimbabwe being sanctioned. There are certain people who are benefiting from the, the way the country is right now. So right now we need a fair game. Sanctions are removed then MDC cannot accuse ZANPF of being uh, uh, the ones that brought in the sanctions. And ZANPF cannot accuse MDC for asking for sanctions. Now we have a fair game. When the economy is okay, everybody can be freely vote for whoever they want to vote for. And there are so many people who will be like, no, you are in South Africa, we should suffer together. I think as a Zimbabwean, I've played a big role in changing the lives of other people are best in Zimbabwe. You can follow me on social media. I don't need to justify myself, but I'll keep on standing and say sanctions must go. Zimbabweans must come together. It doesn't mean it, it doesn't matter whether you are MDC, you whether you are ZANPF. The bullying must stop. The insults must stop. Martha Shumba, really appreciate the time that you've given us as Zimbabwean social activist based in South Africa and executive member of the Coalition Against Sanctions Imposed in Zimbabwe. Uh, we also were joined earlier on by Dumisani Muleya, who is an editor of Zimbabwe Independent Newspaper. That conversation will be available as a podcast. Do follow us on Twitter and we'll be giving it to you a bit later on. Thanks, everybody. It's been a wonderful show. It's now three o'clock.